Welcome everyone to Hit the Books, a college basketball edition. CC, we made it, baby. We're here. Uh, championship week, March Madness, Selection Sunday, right around the corner. It is our time. How are you doing, my man? Yeah, it's been a minute. We, uh, we took a week off, so feeling good. A lot of college basketball going on. Perfect time to come back. Championship week, conference tournament week. Uh, the Blazers are about to make their statement to get into March, so it's all a good week coming. Yeah, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a lot ahead here. We're gonna break down some of the major conferences. I got a couple of bets I made. We're gonna look to tonight. Real quick though, CC, you know, I just want to start give us give everyone like how we approach this time of year. See, I'm a little I, I'm probably different than 99.5 percent of the people coming into March here. I was fortunate to have a good college basketball season, so I already have like a profit and. I'm going to be selective now. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want, I don't want that to go down too much if I have a bad March. So I, I always bet for, I bet college basketball for money. This is the sport I really bet to try to win money. Um, so I get selective at this time of year. And I also think it's a tougher time to bet because those advantages we've had earlier in the year, um, back before odds makers really caught up to us, uh, those are gone. H- how do you approach championship week and entering the NCAA tournament? Yeah, I think there's situations that you don't get typically that you'll get now. Um, so situ- situational betting is a ton, uh, looking into different dynamics like that. So like a, a team playing four games in a row versus a team that hasn't played or or a St. Mary's tonight who hasn't played on a neutral court, but BYU did. Maybe BYU starts a little faster, so BYU first half. So situational type aspects. Um, I, I really, I was talking before we hopped on, but I really don't bet conference tournament outrights very much just because of the whole uh, on the market itself, but uh, looking for any kind of advantage like that. Uh, there's there's a lot of things to be opened up just due to the fact that these teams have played now, a lot of them the third time in a row. Um, and then usually in March, like in actual madness, I, uh, I I typically slow down. But in conference tournaments, there's still, there's still heavy outliers to be found um, and, and just some slim picking. I find myself betting a lot of first halves more than full game, but I don't know if that's just coincidence by any means. All right. Well, hey, we got a lot of basketball to get to. Let's get to Monday's action. If you're listening to the show, um, well, we, we record this on Monday. We're going to look at a couple of games here. Uh, so the Sun Belt CC, one of the one of the my favorite conferences this year, right? Uh, and you saw about a month ago a South Alabama team starting to hit its stride. Now there's been a lot of good teams in the Sun Belt. I thought all year that Louisiana was the best team. I also think they have an edge against South Alabama. A lot of people go with the, well, you can't beat a team three times in a row. I go the opposite way. Maybe you're just having an advantage. You have an edge somewhere against that team, especially in college basketball. I see Louisiana having a huge edge in the paint here, a big rebounding edge. I think they defend in the paint really well. I took them on the money line on the opener. It's now about minus one and a half with Louisiana. Going to be a good game. I like the Raging Cajun. Where are you at on this one? Yeah, I agree. We'll lock that in for the first show to start off on Monday. Quick, uh, Louisiana, what, we can get a 115, one and a half, minus 110. So we'll take Louisiana. I agree. South Alabama's a team that's really struggled in the rebounding category, 349th uh, in offensive rebounding percentage. The main thing for me here is South Alabama in the last month has fallen, let's see, um, January 28th, they were 196th in Ken Palm rating. They are now 95th in one month, uh, or 92nd. I don't think that what they did, they did go on a high streak. They looked good, but I don't think what they did deserved a hundred spot jump. Their Southern Miss was a good win. App State, a decent win. They lost Louisiana. I don't think they deserved a hundred point jump by any means. And getting a little overvalued here, this team that was 16 to one pre 
pre-conference tournament, and now they're they're matched up versus basically the Louisiana team that we expected to get there. So uh, I think this number is a bit low, and I, I completely agree with you on Louisiana there. Yeah, I thought it was going to be about minus three. So we're going to lock that in, Louisiana, for the show. Now, a game I really want to get your thoughts on. I don't know if you bet it, but a conference I followed very closely this year because I had Samford, as, uh, I bet him early on to be the regular season champ, was the SoCon. That went down to the final day against Furman. It didn't go my way. Now, Furman got Furman had to go into over. Furman's an interesting team, CC. They've been good for a while, but for some reason, they just can't get over the hump to the tournament. They went to overtime you know, yesterday against Western Carolina. They got the win. I kind of feel like it's Furman's year, but an interesting, interesting with the spread here. It opened up minus eight in some places, which shocked the heck out of me. Then I wake up this morning and it's minus four. So obviously money came in on Chattanooga. An interesting game here. How do you, do you see any, any edges here for either one of these teams? Yeah. So I, I have a lot in this game. Um, for, for better or for worse. So I took the under 153 and a yep. half, which is I knew, I knew it. So, I wish I yeah. could have bet that you had the under in this game. Yeah, so I, I've actually bet, I've bet both unders in, in this game this year, um, and both have went under decently. So uh, I think it's an interesting game, and the number's fallen, but it's still, for people listening now, I still do like the first half under. Uh, Zach, if you can click that first half. I think it was 71 earlier when I checked. 71 and a half, uh, pretty juiced. But yeah, you can get a 71 at win. Uh, I don't, 71 is close. I think that if we were to play it on the show, it would probably be slightly less than what we usually do. I think hundreds, the, the typical. So like just like a 75 bet. Uh, I just hate getting a worse number than they could get this morning. But these are two teams that match up really well. They both want to shoot the three ball. And we've seen this all year. So they match up really well. Furman has the pieces to stop Chattanooga from shooting the three. Uh, the main thing for me here is this is a neutral court and both teams have uh, jelly legs. What? Furman's played two games in the last yep. three two days, one of them going overtime, Chattanooga playing three games in the last three days. So a first half makes a lot of sense to me for a team that uh, this number was 152 all year. So like you did no adjustment to the fact that we're now at a neutral with multiple games under these legs. Uh, I also sit on a Chattanooga to win the tournament future at 13 to one, 16 to one and 19 to one, I think um, pretty low limits on all of those, but I uh, knew that Jake Stevens would be back, so that's an easy bet. Uh, I hedged a good bit with Furman because I, I agree this seems like a Furman team that it's their conference to win. So uh, I, I, I'm weighted a little bit more towards Furman winning at this point, uh, but I still do come out decently fine if Chattanooga gets the job done. So uh, excited to watch that game because it is a win-win proposition for me, but uh, mostly just want to see no points. Yeah, and I figured you'd have the under here because I saw the number and I was like, boy, that looks a little high. And as you mentioned... Three-point attempts per game. Chattanooga won in the country. Furman 12th in the country. And this is the last game of a grueling tournament. You know, Furman played an overtime game. So I agree. A lot of jump shots. That's that's when you tend to see teams in that final game missing. I mean, these teams don't score from two-point range. They just, they're hoisting threes all game long. So, I like your call on the under, uh, you know, it's uh, your first half. I like that too. So let's lock, you want to lock that in? Yeah, we lock it in. Uh, that, I'm cool with the 71. I was trying to think what this number was earlier, but it really didn't move a ton because it was a first half. So it was 72 this morning, 71. Plenty fine. If we get bit by that point, then, okay. Zach says he locked it in for three fourths. That's perfect. I am cool with that. Uh, yeah. So we'll lock that in. And then the exact opposite, Tom, I'll, uh, I'll hit you with a game. I'm curious your take. 
I have been over two this year on this one. So so going from Chattanooga unders um, two and zero two one that I cannot figure out. I bet for a full unit, and uh, we play this on the show if you're cool with it. The Weber State versus Sac State over one twenty four. This number is just too low for te- two teams with some pretty good guard play. You're talking about offensive ratings all over the national average. Uh, this should be a really good game. The issue is this number is is gross. These two teams. 52-49 in the first matchup, or the second matchup, and 50-48 in the second. Uh, but I still think this is too much talent on a floor to get this low of a number, especially with a spread this small and a game that matters so much. So I think that the worst case, you're going to get fouling at the end, uh, knowing that a team needs to foul in a late-game situation. So I like that over 124 at minus 108 at Circa. Uh, I'm curious, are you liking this low number with these two snail offenses? Yeah, it's interesting because I saw the number and I thought, I said, boy, that's pretty low. And I looked at it and I, you know, I, I couldn't exactly remember the scores from earlier this season. And I was surprised that they were so low. Uh, yeah, this is an interesting game because uh, Weber State's dominated, you know, recently, but most of the games have been like razor close. You don't really see, you don't see that too often. Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. I thought the number was low, but uh, those first two games, whew. Uh, yeah those were pretty low scoring uh but no i i agree let's uh you know one of the things too uh, i always factor in these conference tournaments is listen college teams are going to foul a lot at the end anyway we we know that but especially when you get to this point in the season because it's win and go home and they ain't ever gonna they're never gonna wave the white flag if they're within you know 12 to 10 points they're gonna keep fouling and fouling so you get that extra bump at the end i think yeah, I agree. And, and another thing is, if you look at these Weaver scores, most every game has been decently high scoring, except for when they play Sac State. So uh, yeah. you're seeing, you're seeing the Idaho game, seventy three sixty five, Portland State eighty four sixty eight. Like this isn't a team that doesn't have the capability to score. It's just they see Sac State, and I mean they've been slow, but uh, we saw sixty two possessions in the first game, scored ninety eight points, which is just I think an outlier, and and getting a third time's a charm. Uh, I'm going to take my shot at one more over for the season. Yeah, and I'll tell you one thing, man. That Furman-Chattanooga game, is I, I'm obsessed with that. As we were talking, it went at one book from minus four down to minus three and a half, down to minus three. I mean, there is money just they're backing up Brinks trucks uh, to bet Chattanooga tonight. So uh, I, that, that's going to be an interesting game. I can't wait to see the outcome there. Now you've got the – you're locked in. How would you get Chattanooga at to win the conference? Yeah, it was basically uh, an average out to like sixteen to one, so two hundred to win, what right at three k. But uh, and then I've I've bought off of Furman on any number that I felt was good. I thought four was basically as low as we were gonna get, so I got uh, what minus one ninety five, um, and so I've, I've hedged off of a lot. I think Furman Furman wins this game, so I, I hedged out of my future a lot. Still getting uh, a nice win win, but feel more and more stupid now that that Chattanooga's coming down. It looks like they might be the side, and, and I had a, a nice 16-1 to 1 that I kind of burned away. But feeling fine no matter what, like on, on the right side. All right. Well, you ready to look at some of these conference tournament futures? Yeah, let's dive into this sucker. All right. Let's uh, let's see what we got here. Um, now, I, you said before the show, you don't bet a ton of conference tournament futures. Um I usually don't either. I ended up with three this year. 
so we'll, we'll go through that and what your thought process is on some of these. Uh, let's start with the ACC. Uh, Duke is the favorite, plus 290. Then you got Virginia, plus 300. Miami, plus 340. Clemson, plus 650. North Carolina, plus 650. Then it goes down a little further with some of these other teams. Um, interesting year in the ACC. There's no real great team. Um, a lot of these teams jumble together. I didn't find any edges here myself. Uh, anything you see in the ACC tournament? Yeah, it was it was weird. I, I looked at these brackets and I tried to decide who had the easiest route yeah, um, and who who had won a bet before I saw numbers, which is probably the wrong way to go about it, as the numbers most important part. But uh, in this tournament, I, I think that Duke has the the easiest route, and, and it shows in in their number there, uh, plus two eighty. But I thought it was interesting a four seed Duke having better odds than the one seed Miami, and Miami's schedule probably is easier. They have to play what Wake Forest most likely, Wake Forest or Syracuse, and then this Duke team. Like the fact that Duke is favored over Miami is kind of interesting. Um, so just seeing the price, I would probably say Miami at 360. Uh, but I don't think anybody in the ACC really wants to run into Duke at this point. Um, this is this is going to be a good conference tournament. I really I don't worry about Clemson any. I don't think Clemson gets it done. I, I would say if I was ha- to have to take a long shot, maybe an NC State. What is NC State's price here? It was plus um, 1200, I think. Yeah, 1400 at FanDuel. 14, yeah, so, yeah. If I, yeah, if I had 12, to take a shot, yeah, 12, 1400. Yeah, if I had to take a shot, it would probably be NC State, but um, not looking to take a shot in the ACC by any means. Yeah, I agree with you. Miami, I, that's a team I have a futures on to win it all. I, I like that team. Um, didn't love the – I look a lot at the draw in the tournament. I'll I'll speak to that next when we go to the next uh, conference. But, yeah, I, I Miami would be the team, you know, I, I suppose – see, to me, North Carolina's – Plus six fifty, no thanks. You know what I mean. You get that North Carolina name baked into the odds, so I, I don't see much value there. Um, so the moving on to the Big East, here's where I took a, a team. Uh, now listen, I got a lot invested in Creighton and my my futures that I took last April that aren't going to cash at a hundred to one. But you know, I I saw them plus three forty here, and I looked at the draw. Man, did they get a nice draw. They miss UConn, they miss Providence, they miss Marquette in that lower half of the bracket. Basically, you're looking at Villanova and Xavier. Now, Villanova did just recently beat them, um, so but they run hot. And I just think Creighton matches up well with Xavier. They've scored like 84.5 points in two games against the Musketeers. Uh, so I took Creighton because I think they can get to that championship game while the other teams battle it up up top. Uh, anything you see in the Big East? Yeah, it's interesting you say that. Uh, Creighton is a really good team. They did get the easier side of the bracket, and and in my circle, I did agree with the side of the bracket, just a different team. I I kind of like Xavier at five hundred. Oh, okay. Just due to just due to the fact that they play, I, and I agree, Creighton is the issue there. You have to circle Creighton, who's going to be the favorite in that matchup, but. Um, Xavier has an easier first draw, so they're going to play most likely Seton Hall, uh, who I don't see them having very much trouble with. So then basically you get Creighton, and then you're into the championship round versus versus whoever on the other side. So uh, yeah, it, it, Villanova could give Creighton issues, and so to be two fifty, right. I think I think you're you're getting potential for issues, potential for issues championship. Uh, when in Xavier, you're, you you have just one centralized potential for issue, uh, which. Do I think Xavier wins it outright? No, but I think 500 is close. And I, this is the reason I don't bet conferences because it still just isn't enough for me. I think probably the 650 right. range would be where I bet that. But um, I think Xavier's a really good team overall. And, and Creighton, though they'll be tough and they will probably win that 500 as a value spot relative to Xavier, I would say. 
Yeah, and I can tell you this: if you have a Xavier or a Creighton future, if they play each other, you can just um, you can hedge by just betting the over because that game's getting played in the '80s, no matter how you want to slice it. In my opinion, they're they match up, they match up pretty well um, against each other. The first game, ninety to eighty-seven, uh, at Xavier won that one. The second one in where uh, where Creighton, you know, has racked up most of their wins at home. Uh, they won 84-67. They played a little defense, surprisingly, um, that night. But uh, so that's the biggies. Now, here's one. So we got we got issues here because, you know, I got a UCLA Futures to win it all, which I was feeling really good about till about 10 minutes to go in that Arizona game when Jalen, you know, Jalen Clark went down. Uh, we don't – I checked before we came on here. I don't – we still don't have official word on it. Um, it didn't look good, though. Uh, at the very least, I don't see him playing this week in the Pac-12 tournament. Uh, and for me, the the Pac-12 is so top-heavy. Uh, you know, you're looking at USC, maybe, uh, UCLA, and Arizona. I took Arizona uh, with no Jalen Clark. Uh, I know they got him this past weekend at home. I still think Arizona can give UCLA problems with their height. Uh, and I, I just think if Clark is a, he's such a lockdown defender, one of the best in the country, I think it's going to take them a little time to get used to not, not having them. Um, what do you think about the Pac-12? Yeah, it's, it's tough. Um, this is one that I circled UCLA as well, just due to who they run into. But again, these numbers just suck. And this is kind of why yeah. I don't bet conference. Like plus 120 at FanDuel. Like, yeah. Good. Well, you could money line parlay these through and get better than 120, I would assume. If they play Colorado, Oregon, and then they get to a championship versus Arizona, 120 looks like a miserable number at that point, in my opinion. But um, that, that's the biggest issue for me here. Arizona's only 190, so uh, it is such a top-heavy conference. And, and one that I think that if I was to bet, I would have to just shoot for like a really high-value, like low-level, maybe a Colorado 34-1. to uh, maybe they pick off UCLA that's hurt a little bit and not really worried. Um, they can take care of Washington. So maybe a Colorado at 34 to one, but it still becomes an issue of just, I think the top three teams are the best by far. And then you're just not getting value on them. So it's tough to bet these overall. Like I, I would try to find one all day today to have talk for the show, but uh, it's tough in basically every single conference. Yeah, no question about it. And I think with Jalen Clark, UCLA is the best team in the country. Um, now, he's such a unique player, uh, the way he defends. And that's, you know, UCLA and Houston play pretty similar. They defend, they re, they crash the ball, you know. And so when you lose a guy like that and that kind of system, I think it's really going to hurt. We'll see if he's not there this week, how they perform in the Pac-12 uh, tournament. But you're right, those teams at the top. You know that that's that's a pretty top-heavy conference. A, a conference I have virtually no opinion on at all. Haven't had much one one all season. And uh, you're looking at the Big Ten, <laughs> Purdue, the clear favorite at plus one sixty. I think they're way overvalued. Uh, Indiana's plus five fifty. Then you got your Michigan State, Maryland, uh, Northwestern, Illinois is twelve to one. Uh, geez, that's a that, that might be a little value there on the Illini, but. I just haven't had much luck with this conference all season. Do you see anything in the Big Ten that piques your interest? Yeah, this is the, probably one of the closest ones for me. Uh, I agree. Purdue is getting weighted as the number one team in the nation, and it opens up some some doors. I think that the easiest road, honestly, is Indiana at 550. <laughs> Indiana is going to play most likely Maryland, who I'm just not that high on. 
they just lost to a Penn State team, though they should have won that game. Then they're going to face Northwestern or Illinois. Illinois is actually a decent spot, but they just have to play so many games in that case. So you're getting Maryland, probably Illinois, and then a championship game. And I think 550 is honestly not a bad price for that. Um, so I do like Indiana there. Indiana's a pretty overall rounded out team. You always worry about coaching there, but a pretty good team overall for a 550. Yeah, let me ask you about, do you see any team here in terms of the NCAA tournament? I'll just throw out, like, I like Penn State. I, they, I like their experience. I think they have two stars there. The problem with Penn State is they have absolutely no size, right? They're the worst offensive rebounding team in the country. And I think throughout the Big Ten season, that catches up with them. But if Penn State were to get, like, a decent draw, I think they could win a game or two in the tournament. But... There's none of these teams I really love. Is there a Big Ten team you say, hey, watch out for them in March Madness? No. Um, I mean, it's not a hot take by any means, but Purdue's pretty okay, I would say. Uh, But no. Maybe Indiana. Indiana has a whole bunch of pieces that do threaten um, a team that's one or two-sided. But really, this Big Ten just seems like a conference ready to kind of fall down in flames. Illinois is a good team. Relative to, I mean, they've been rated like top 20 all year. I don't think they're the 20th best team. There's there's a lot better teams than the teams at the top of the Big Ten for sure. All right. Well, now we're going to your neck of the woods, CC. The Conference USA. Got your Florida Atlantic, had a great season, plus 150. UAB, who played part of the year, part of the conference uh, schedule without Jelly Walker, plus 210. North Texas, plus 260. Then a significant drop-off to Charlotte, who, unless this game is being played in Charlotte's uh, home arena, I don't think they're going to win, plus 1,400. And then, to me, just the absolute biggest disappointment in the mid-majors all year, Western Kentucky is ninety to is ninety to one. I don't know how a team with that talent can be ninety to one, but and have the season they had, but they did. So, you this looks pretty top heavy as well. You got your three teams there that have kind of dominated all year. Is that how you see this conference tournament playing out? Yeah, the, the issue here is is numbers, and I hate the fact that UAB is plus one ninety five at Vandal. Uh, this is UAB's tournament to win, in my opinion. They get what? They'll get basically North Texas, who uh, it's a revenge spot. They lost twice. They didn't have jelly for one of them. I think they handle North Texas decently, probably like a five and a half, six point favorite there. And then they get Florida Atlantic, who they're going to be a dog against. So 195, if you're talking a number, if this is three to one, I'm taking UAB here. I, I, I just think the Blazers have hit their spark at the right time. They've made off, they've made schematic adjustments, um, and I think they look good. The issue is that number sucks. I will say, Western Kentucky at ninety to one, you you hit it nail on the head. They've played a miserable season. Uh, they they don't look good, but ninety to one is yeah, a ton that's for a shocking. So, like even when they played UAB recently, they lost by twelve, uh, but they looked good for thirty four minutes of that game. And so uh, I think ninety to one, if you're if you're looking to just take a, a long shot and probably lose it. You're getting a good price there. I mean, this is probably one of the better teams you're going to get in that range in a conference tournament. But uh, the Blazers, I mean, this is a tournament that matters more than life itself for UAB. If they, if they don't win, they're out. And, and every single kid on their team basically is a senior. So uh, Blazers are winning this tournament. Uh, I'm, I, I'm sticking with that idea. And um, I, just, I wish it was a better price so I could back them. 
Yeah, and something you're saying it's absolutely true is like, you know, I bet a couple of these for fun, but like the value just isn't there unless you're taking like a Western Kentucky. Like, you know, listen, when I bet Creighton at 100 to 1, I threw 100 bucks out, you know, that's that's $10,000 if they win it all. You know what I mean? You bet Miami at 65 to 1. When you're betting NCAA tournament futures, you're betting these things, hoping a team can make the final four. Then you can start looking to lock in money. Conference tournaments are a little bit different because, like you said, there's virtually no value in a lot of these teams that are projected to win it. So unless you can find something down the, down the board a little bit, you're not going to find much value. Um, that, well, I'll tell you one thing. I bet Western Kentucky to win the regular season title. I might have to throw a hundred on them at 90 to one, just so I can sleep at night in case they do win this tournament, because that would kill me. That, that would really kill me, but that's a, that's a heck of a number for a team that has that kind of talent uh, yeah. on the floor. They uh, they're they're quality bat. I mean, not quality, but they have the potential to be a quality basketball team. The issue is potential ceiling is almost over when the uh, when the season ends. Your potential doesn't really matter too much yeah, anymore. Right. Uh, I have a question for you, Tom, because we haven't talked other than the show. Uh, I, I've been doing my March Madness breakdown and getting ready, trying to find that team that I just think is being slept on and for good reason uh, headed into the tournament. Who do you th- who is your squad? I'll tell you mine first. Give you a second to think on it, so it's not just like a, okay. a, sm- a smack in your face, but. Mine and I have circled, and, and every time I've been researching, I really like this team is Arkansas. I think Arkansas getting Nick Smith back, uh, they've just hit their spot. Like, I think this is a really talented team. They've lost three straight, so I mean, I would assume that they're still, yeah, they're still, they're still plenty fine to be, and they're rated, what, 19th for Ken Pomp. But uh, this is Arkansas team. I mean, they've, they've been losing, but uh, they get pieces back. They've also t- played one of the tougher streaks of the schedules in the nation. Uh, they played San Diego State, Creighton. They played, I believe, Baylor. Yeah, so they've seen they've seen a lot of talent. So I don't think they're going to be stressed out, stretched out by talent too much by any means. Uh, and I don't take their losses to heart too much. They've been a team that haven't had their pieces together all year. So getting a little bit of extra time and practice headed into March. I think this team, they're going to be in the bottom of the pack. They're going to be, what, a 10, 11, 12, probably an 11, I would assume. Uh, and, and they're in a good spot to... Be a really annoying 11 if they become an 11 or or a 10-7 game. You don't want to get them as a 10 by any means. I think this is one of the more talented 10s in the nation. No, I I actually took at Arkansas Futures when Nick Smith was out and it, and it rose a little bit and thinking, you know, boy, when he comes back, that's going to be a nice number. Um, I think they're going to be a deadly, deadly 10 or 11 seed. Uh, I think they've played a lot of close. You know, the problem, you got to remember something. We just said that the UAB played a lot of conference games without Jelly Walker. You take Nick Smith off that team is a completely different team. Yeah. And he missed some time. They had a couple other injuries. I think they're interesting at that number. See, I think that to me, CC, you hit the nail on the head for this whole tournament. I think in a year like this, you got to look at some of these teams that, that are talented, but maybe don't have the record or the season, but can be tough matchups throughout, right? Uh, those are the teams I think could make some noise in this tournament, and Arkansas is definitely one of them. Um, nobody, listen, they're, they're an 8, 9, or a 10. You're not going to want to play them in the second round. They have a loads of talent. You know, they, not to mention, you know, Musselman's coming off two straight Elite Eight appearances. So he knows how to coach a little bit in March, too, which I think is going to be another interesting uh uh, variable this year with teams so similar as coaching. So I like your Arkansas pick. I'm on board with that. 
Um, so see how the Hogs do uh, in the day. That's a team, too, I think could – we're going to talk about the SEC here in a second – could win the SEC tournament. Um, the, let's go first, though, to the Big 12. This is my favorite – you know, this, to me, I think we both agree has been – you know, the the best conference in college basketball all year. It's just loaded. I mean, Kansas plus 275, Texas plus 330, Baylor plus 475, Kansas State plus 650, Iowa State 650, and then TCU 750. I know a lot of people are betting that TCU number. It, it, was, it was like 850 when it opened. I'm seeing 750 now. Boy, that's an interesting number for TCU now that they're healthy. I was muted, man. Uh, yeah, I agree. That's uh, whenever I saw the layout, I wasn't sure what the number would be, but I leaned TCU. Just let me see. I'm pulling up the bracket now. Uh, TCU's road isn't miserable by any means, and, and for the number, I, I like this spot as well. Let's see. Give me just a second. There we go. So they're gonna get Kansas State, and then they're gonna get most likely Texas, and then they're in the championship. So Kansas State's a really good basketball team, but. Uh, just they're getting. I, th- I think that if TCU doesn't get hurt all year, they're they're the three spot instead of Kansas State, and so uh, I'm I'm liking backing a TCU at at the sixth spot. Uh, I think that Texas has a lot of obvious flaws, and, and TCU can defend pretty well with basically anybody in the nation. So getting Kansas State, Texas, and then geez, the other side of the bracket, poor Baylor or Kansas having to run into each other, but uh, getting them the day after playing each other is always nice. And so, yeah, I understand where people are coming with this TCU number eight to one. Um, I don't know. I this is just this is this is the conference tournament that tells us a lot about March. I think I think watch every game in this conference tournament because it's going to help you make your brackets basically no matter what because these teams all have obvious flaws but they're all really good. The Kansas State is another team that can make a, a run in March by by all means, and uh, so it'll be interesting to see how they play TCU in that opening game. Yeah, that was the team when you when you said, you know, what team people are sleeping on and you mentioned Arkansas, Kansas State was going to be my other one. I think people just don't want to buy into this team. They do a lot of things well. I will say this, you know, you know, I, I bet the Creighton last April, but the first uh, futures I bet heading into the season was Baylor at plus 1600. Baylor is the dumbest team in the country. They play dumb. I mean, that's their problem. The, the Baylor just plays stupid basketball and that's why I think my my futures on them is useless. And sooner or later, they're going to play a stupid game, I think. Um, and I just think teams like that, listen, you're going to lose games in a conference like this. But, man, there's games where they just simply don't show up. They're throwing the ball all over the place. So I think teams like that are hard to peg. I will say this, though. In terms of the NCAA tournament, and this is just for a game, like first-round bet, like a team like West Virginia, if they get in, They've had such a tough schedule. They've been in a lot of these games that have been close. And they, watch to see who teams like West Virginia play in round one because they might get out of that Big 12 and get some team that's not very athletic and just steamroll them. So that, that's what I'm looking for in the first round. But, yeah, I think here, CC, I agree. With all these good teams, I think you got to go with the value. And it's TCU or nothing for me. Yeah, it was interesting. I was looking at field of 68s, like – a predicted predicted slate, um, and they had West Virginia matching up versus Iowa in the opening round, and I it made me smile knowing that, that Iowa is a seven, West Virginia is a ten. People are going to be all over Iowa, and um, I think that if West Virginia matches up versus any base, basically any Big Ten team, um, they should be in a pretty good spot, especially this Iowa team who 
I'm just not that high on. But um, there's, a, there's a couple sleeper teams in the bracket. But I think overall, this is going to be a year where the top two kind of crust over. I think Houston's the best team in the nation by far. Um, UCLA is probably the, the second most dominant, though they have injuries. So it's going to be interesting there. But then the middle of this field, like, I think a lot of threes, a lot of fours, a lot of fives could be in danger pretty quick. Iowa State, yep. they project at six. I think Iowa State's not that good of a team. Northwestern is a six seed. Um, Creighton, I think, is probably a good six. Kentucky is a six. These are all teams. Like, I could see 11s going absolutely crazy this year. Um, and, and a lot of fours as well. Like, you're talking about it. You're, well, you're going to get UConn, Virginia, and Indiana, Xavier. Uh, I could see two of those teams losing. Like, uh, there's a lot of really good, like, what Florida Atlantic has lost four games this year, and they're going to come in as a 10, 9, 8 seed. So um, I think there's a lot of talent throughout the entire nation this year. No, I, I agree. That's a good point. I will say this. I'm praying to the lords above that West Virginia and Iowa don't play each other because that will be my biggest bet of all time. <laughs> and if it loses, I might we be eating uh, tuna fish sandwiches over here for the next three months. I mean, that talk about a dream matchup for West Virginia. <laughs> they will just and be too athletic. Oh, man. Talk Give about a dream matchup for, for sports betters, too. Like, I mean, just for the average basketball watcher, I mean, that has to be a primetime game. You're talking the total that would be in, like, the yeah. mid-160s. And get all of everything. So um, I hope we see that matchup. I, I would be all over West Virginia as well. And they would be a dog there as a 10 seed. Yeah, that would be a, that would be an interesting watch. But I'm seeing Creighton matchup versus Auburn or NC State as the 11. Hey, I'm talking this. Auburn's a team as an 11 seed. There's just so many this year that you don't want to run into. Like we just watched that Auburn Alabama game. Auburn gave them the win, and then they come back and beat Tennessee, which doesn't mean a ton. But uh, I, I just think there's a lot in that middle of the pack that people need. People like us that have been watching all year are going to have a little bit more of a keen eye too, but um, the average the average eye is going to assume that, that the 6 seed is better than the 11, which uh, in, in most cases they are, but this year it's a lot closer than you would imagine. Yeah, and as someone who has a Creighton future, I don't want to see Auburn because that's the type of team Creighton struggles with. Athletic guards who can get in the, you know, beat you off the ball. I, the, Creighton would have a lot of trouble. The, to me, that would be an even. You got you can't look at the seeds this year because that's yeah. that's a dead even game. Creighton and Auburn to me is dead even game. So I, Auburn has I know a, Creighton has would big, be favored, but yeah, Auburn has a big for conference. That would that would be a really good game. So uh, I'm I'm interested to see how this scheduling goes out. I hope somehow. They toss Birmingham some good basketball games because I've already got my tickets for uh, round one down here in, in Birmingham. But uh, somehow maybe sneak the Zags down here to us and so I can watch my boys your Timmy go crazy. But I can't imagine that that happens. Yeah, well, I want to get to the Zags in a second before we head out. But uh, one more conference, the the SEC, which we've been talking a lot about. You know, this is a this this is a pretty tough count. Alabama's plus one fifty. I mean, they haven't been playing at top form recently Tennessee plus 300 they're always overvalued uh Kentucky plus 450 probably a little overvalued there A&M plus 500 then you're looking at Arkansas and Auburn at plus 1200 uh, and I'd be stunned if any other team other than those won it but uh you know listen I I took Kentucky uh bet sucks to be honest with you I I don't know I looked at their set, set of the bracket and I, I thought the winner of them versus Arkansas had a good chance to to win this thing so I went with Kentucky probably because I just saw them beat Arkansas but uh plus 450 isn't great value on them I'll be honest uh, any team here you see that you take a shot on 
I'm on the same boat. If I could get a 650, I would be on Kentucky uh, pretty decently, but I think Kentucky just has the easiest route. Like You're, you're going to get a Texas yep. A&M team that plays Auburn or Arkansas, which is just a tough matchup for them to come back and play. Uh, the very next day, play a Kentucky team who has been getting embarrassed. They just lost to a Vandy without uh, their big man. So Kentucky is a good spot, but it, again, it's just these numbers are bad. So maybe a Kentucky money line and just run it through um, the length of, of the tournament in, in a money line parlay. But um, Kentucky would be it for me. Alabama, I'm not buying by any I mean, since that Miller no. stuff dropped, they have been miserable. I, well, I live bet them in the uh, A&M game the other day, but... They just, I mean, they've been down in half, at halftime by double digits in every single game since the Miller case. And so there's just something wrong. Uh, and they have to run into, what, Mississippi State or Florida, then Missouri or Tennessee. They they have a pretty tough top side of the, of the bracket. So Yeah, they do. Me or anything. Yep, so I, I'm with you. Uh, and before we leave, you know, we I think we any any other any other leagues you want to go over before I, I want to talk to you about Gonzaga and, and St. Mary's. Um, anything else you are we're looking at? Uh, just just one, but I, I can't bet it. Uh, so I'm just talking about it for a second. But man, this Oral Roberts number has been staring at me. They they win their they win they 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 win their their conference. But 240 on Fanduel. I, I saw like a, a 195 last night. And 195 to win conference just seems crazy, but they're 13 point favorite versus St. Thomas tonight. They're going to win that game, and then you're basically getting minus 240 to play South Dakota State, who is a decent team, but they're going to be a 10 point favorite. So uh, is is the spreads combined 240? Probably not. So I laid off. But if this was a 170, 180, I'm taking Oral Roberts here. They they win their conference tournament for sure. Yeah, you know, I, I was looking at San, at uh, South Dakota State for a minute before the tournament started, and I just said, you know, how about I open up the window and just throw money out because uh, Oral Roberts <laughs> yeah. is winning this tournament. <laughs> um, I agree. But quick, it's a, it's a bad in, number, but they're winning it. Yeah, uh, in the end, listen, they're obviously. Listen, the 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 media and fans are going to glob on the teams no matter who they play, right? They're not going to they don't even care what the matchup is. Oral Roberts is going to be I got Oral Roberts in the Sweet 16. Oral Roberts is my elite 8 sleeper. Everyone on earth's going to have him. Tell me the type of team you wouldn't want to see Oral Roberts play early on. Um a team with five basketball players, like actual basketball players. So, uh just scrolling through I mean, they definitely don't want to see like a Gonzaga type team, a team that like they have right. one dominant guy, but five basketball. Obviously, they're not getting Gonzaga. It's going to run that, with them and have yeah. a deeper team. Yeah, Oral Roberts has guard play. They have a big, uh, but they don't have enough guard play or enough bigs. Uh, but they, I think that Oral Roberts gives a lot of trouble to a lot of teams. I think there's a lot of teams that should don't want to see or a uh, Michigan State does not want to see Oral Roberts, Maryland. Uh, even Miami, I think, struggles with a team like Oral Roberts. There's a lot of teams that match up bad versus this team. The teams that match up well, I think Duke would hand Oral Roberts a pretty fast uh, take to their way home. They just match up well. Um, like Teams like Kentucky, uh, Oral Roberts could probably match up with. And uh, I think this team, I mean, vet-driven, like, uh, don't, don't be shocked if, if they come in and they do a little bit in March. But I will say this year seems like a year that um, there's not going to be a Cinderella that has this this pretty name like a St. Peter's. Um, right. You're, you're gonna you're gonna get a team you've heard of before, like an Oral Roberts. I don't think anybody's too surprised to see that name 
in the tournament again this year. But uh, it seems like these 11 seeds this year are all like Auburn's or Arkansas's or, or teams right, that you've right. heard. There's not really a, a St. Peter's by any means. The only one that catches my mind, and we'll talk about the Zags, sorry, I'm rambling, but Drake. Drake has locked Drake in their is, yeah. and they're a very good basketball team. They're vet-driven. They have the pieces. Experience, they, remind yep. me, they remind me of St. Peter's last year. Uh, and I think that if anybody was to do it, Drake would be my team. Um, that would be a, that would be a fun Cinderella because they they deserve it. Drake has been right there for so long at this point. And the non-college basketball watcher doesn't know who Drake is, but the people who do have heard Drake's name for years at this point, and and they're just itching for that for that Cinderella run. So that would be fun to watch. Uh, if I had to choose a Cinderella, it would probably be Drake. All right, well, let's go to the West Coast Conference to cap things off. It looks like a collision course between Gonzaga and St. Mary's. You, I, I got a feeling you like BYU plus the points tonight, though, from what you said early on about the neutral court stuff. Is it going to be the Zag-St. Mary's three? And if it is, who wins? Yeah, I, uh, I, I do like BYU first half plus four today um, for a lot of reasons. First off, I just don't think St. Mary's is that great relative to their market pricing. Obviously, they're a good basketball team. Um, and then when it comes down to Zach St. Mary's part three, I mean, listen, you know, you know where I stand on this. Uh, Drew, Timmy, Timmy time. I hadn't shaved until this morning. I had to do it. I was going to grow it out, grow it out with him. I still haven't shaved. I haven't got a haircut, but uh, I was going to grow it out with Drew Timmy, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. But uh, yeah, too many pieces. They're, they're clicking at the right time. Their guards are looking good. Uh, and their bench is deep. They, I, I, I say this to everybody who asks me and nobody's asking me, but I'm going to say it anyways. I feel really good about this Gonzaga ticket. We got 34 to 1 on the show. I think 34 to 1 uh, on the show. Are they the best team in the country? Hell no. Are they the top five best team in the country? Probably not. But this team is clicking at the right time. They have the right pieces. They have the experience. They have the coaching. Like they've done this. And uh, I don't know. This just seems like the year that nobody's talking about Gonzaga. Uh, who's the third best team in the country? Probably Kansas. And does Gonzaga match up with Kansas? Well, I, I say yes. And so sitting on that 34, to, oh, no, we got 20 to 1. Damn. But no way. That's the latest odds. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So, yeah, 34 yeah. to 1. We're, we're looking good. Zach, Zach highlights it for me. But uh, 34 to 1, I'm feeling good on the Zags. They have the pieces to match up with basically everybody. Um, I don't think that they have really enough spark or, or just big plays to – make everybody or, or even make us feel good about our bets. I think that they scrape through most of the tournament, but uh, they have the pieces to scrape through. So uh, I think they match up well with basically everybody. All right. I agree with you. So Gonzaga, I got him 25 to one. I didn't like it a couple months ago. I'm starting to like it more now. Like you said, playing well, kind of hitting their stride. And well, we'll be hitting our stride yeah. next Monday, CC, because we're going to have the NCAA tournament field set. We'll go through the regions. We'll give our sleepers, our upset, first round upsets, our final fours, our championships, the whole thing next Monday. Are you ready? Yeah, I got one question for you. I apologize for coming back to you. But, no, go ahead. All right. So, I, listen, I'm young. I'm fresh into the game. And I, I, for the first time in my life, I have a physical ticket of a future for Gonzaga to win the championship. It's a big one, too. I uh, posted it on Twitter, but I got it. At what point do I fly to Vegas? Is it final four? Or, or, or am I getting too... Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, it's a weird, like, if I fly in for the Final Four and then they lose, I look like an idiot that just flew to Vegas. Uh, but if I wait till the championship day, I'm going to be flying. Like, it's just a weird in-between. So I'd be curious if anybody wants to leave me some advice on, on when to hop on the plane. Because the Zags are making it. So now it's just, let's time it down right. 
Yeah, the way I always play it is, it, like, the year Baylor and Gonzaga played, I had Baylor from, from preseason. I thought Baylor was the best team in the country. I didn't think the Zags could deal with them, not their athleticism. And it worked out my way, but that is a, a time where I didn't hedge and I let it, but you know, but listen, Baylor needed a couple of wins there against they, you know, Arkansas had, was in position, you know, that they had a couple of games there they had to win that were close. And yeah, and I think it all depends on once you get there, let's see what the matchup is. But I would like Gonzaga's chances if they get to the final four. Um, I, I really would, because I don't think there's that team this year that really hurts them where they can get hurt. It's going to be interesting, but I would like their chances if they get that far. Yep. I uh, I hope that's a problem that I have to have, is figuring out how I'm going to arrange getting to Las Vegas for the championship. But uh, <laughs> if, that, if that's the worst of my problems, then I'm a happy guy. Uh, I'll tell you what, if it's Gonzaga versus Creighton, I'll come with you. Then we'll be we'll be hedging all over the place. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. I'll hedge my ticket with your ticket and we'll be good. Just hold the house big. All right. Well, hey, CC, it's been great talking about conference tournaments. Next Monday it's the big dance. Thanks for all the information. We'll see you next Monday on Hit the Books.